Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. Uh, we get to hear Dan and Ashley Meldrum. They're going to come and they're going to share their story. They're new to us. If you don't know who they are, they they just moved back to Cranbrook and uh, they decided to make House of Hope their home. And I said, hey, I want you guys to share and give us your story so we can get to know you better. And, and they're like, no. So I had to actually bribe them to, you know, so, so we're going to take up an offering for me later because it was an expensive bribe. So she's got expensive tastes. I don't know. Dan, I don't know how you do it. And I'm just kidding. So you guys come on up and uh, give them a hand. And are we live yet, Andrew? Oh. All right. <laughs> All right. So, very cool, you guys. Take it away. Hello. Hello. Test one, two. Check, check. There we go. Can you hear me? All right. Who's excited to be here? Woo-hoo. Right on. Right. My mom, she always is. She can always tell where the family sits when you go to speak or something because they're the loudest. And they're like, that's my boy. <laughs> My mom used to drive out to uh, Alberta to hear me speak. I was like, you know, this is a digital age. Everything is online now. Wow, I got a real bass voice. That's great. So she would come out and listen to some of my messages. But this is really exciting because I get to share the front with my incredible, brilliant, beautiful wife. who And she is a phenomenal. Phenomenal if you get a chance to. She's a great listener because I talk in our family the most. And she's also very wise in a lot of her decisions. So uh, who, who knows me? Who, who knows me? This is great because now because I was like, if most of the people know me, then we'll just pray and go for lunch. There's no point in sharing. How many people know Ashley? Perfect. Do you want to you wanna kick it off? Okay, I can use, you know, I was telling Jeff earlier, I'm a little upset my mother-in-law didn't get to come because we were really hoping, I was hoping she was going to be here because every time she comes out, I have, oh, just endless, endless communication with her during the sermon. I always open it up, you know, I'm always glad that my my, uh, in-laws are here. People say, Dan, why, why do you call your, why don't you call them outlaws? Because outlaws are wanted. We'll just let that sink in, you know, in this holiday time. <laughs> so usually, and then she, she's been through it enough, she just uh, takes it. Anyways, my name is Dan Meldrum. I am the oldest of uh, two. I got my sister and I. And I was born to Ken and Margo, as everybody knows. You, hey, Dad. Uh, yeah, so I, I grew up there, and actually I'm still uh, still living at their place right now. It's kind of embarrassing for the s- <laughs> third time. Um, since we moved to Alberta, we put our place up for rent, and right now it's just we have <laughs> people living in there. So uh, we got to wait till the end of this month, and then we get to go back into our house. And everybody, that is our biggest thanksgiving thankfulness, is that we're going to be out at the end of the month. So that's a... Thank you. 
All right, so we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> that was good. That was quick. I'm very impressed, Mom. <laughs> you were totally expecting everybody to clap with you, weren't you? You know what they say, he who claps first claps the loudest. <laughs> so that's going to be a huge blessing. Um, I don't want to go too much into my past, as it were. Let's just say when I was a teenager, you know, I did the everything teenagers in Cranbrook generally do. Some a lot who make wrong choices. I tried the electric salad, did that for a little bit. If you don't know what the electric salad is, that's the good old marijuana. <laughs> I just call it the electric salad. I don't know. I picked that up somewhere. But, um, and I made some really wrong choices within there. But you know what? I had a very faithful mother and faithful father who constantly were praying for me but the thing I really appreciated the most growing up with uh, mom and dad was they always let me make my own choices it was never a situation where it was we rule with an iron fist and you need to do as we say toe the line and shut up when I became at that age to start making choices no matter how bad they were my parents supported me but didn't support what I did and that's huge. Even in our Christian world, it, Jesus tells us, hate the sin but love the sinner. How do you do that? That's the toughest thing to do. Because when we're, we're going against the sin, it looks like we're going against the person. But my parents honestly loved me, even though I made the wrong decisions. Mom would wait up at night, and when she would hear the door close, I'd come in, fall, whatever. She's like, and then I was able to go back to sleep because I knew you were home. Now, is that not loving the person and not the sin? And dad, he would, he would have to work, so he was either sleeping or, you know, but mom, rock solid. Moms, you do a good job. Really, you do. If it wasn't for mothers, I don't think a lot of us would be here. Well, none of us would be here today, actually. Let's <laughs> keep up the good work. Anyways, I was running for some problems, and it ended up at, uh, for some weird reason, I thought, hey, why don't I go to Bible college? That would be a great place to run away from my problems here in Cranbrook. Yeah, well, we all know how that goes. But it was one of the best things ever. I remember my first year, first half of the year, I phoned my mom and dad, and I said, you know, this is, this is hard, this sucks, I want to come home. And it wasn't really like that. It wasn't calm, cool, and collective. I was bawling on the other end of the phone. And I said, I want to come home. This is lame. They're boring. They're just, they're Christians. They're boring. They don't do anything Friday nights. They don't go out on Friday night. They play board games. The reason why they call them board games is to bore you. That's the whole point behind board games. They don't do anything. The roommate I had was a very, what's the polite word to use for him? No, he wasn't even born. I wish I could say that. He was incredibly legalistic. And when I came to Bible college, I didn't even know what the law was, let alone the speed limits. Um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but um, everything I did, he was always like, Dan, you know that's not right. I'm like, I don't care. Dan, you know you shouldn't be smoking on campus. I don't care. Like, I'm at a Christian Bible college, and I'm just out. Wait, what do you do? Oh, I'm just checking the air quality level outside, having a, having a smoke. It's cool. 
that day, I, I, I quit doing all the things I did, and people would come into our room, and they'd be like, good morning, and I'd just shut up, get out of my room. What is wrong with this guy? So they were all afraid, and I didn't want to be there, and I made it known. But, you know, God really did a lot of open-heart surgery, a lot of open-heart surgery. It was incredible. To say I would go through it again, that I would not want to go through again, because who all knows open-heart surgery is painful. But you know what? Sometimes it's necessary. And at that time, it was incredibly necessary. Then I started to really dig into the Word of God. I really started to listen to who God was. And then the big problem was I started challenging authority. Not in the sense of, why are you an authority? But in the sense of, okay, if this is what we're reading about, how come we're not doing what we're reading about? Oh, Dan, you got a red card. You got another red card. Man, I had so many red cards. I didn't, that was, it was incredible. I'd open my mailbox, boom, there was a red card in there. I was like, what was this for? And then they were just getting to the point, they would write on my red cards, you know why. <laughs> I don't know why I got a red card. Man, I was booted off the worship team more, than, more times than I could count. Because they would do room checks. And, you know, we were responsible young men who sometimes didn't clean up our room fully. Shush. <laughs> and it would be a little messy, and we'd get a red card, and they'd say, oh, you're off the worship team. You're, this will teach you. And I said, honestly, you can do that all you want, but that's not going to teach us anything. And you know what? We proved them wrong because they gave up before we did. We never cleaned up. Then they brought this new thing in called study hours. Who's ever heard of study hours? When you live at home with your mom and dad, that's study hours. So they brought in study hours, and study and I, we are like water and oil. We don't study. We won't get along. We, we have a mutual understanding that study hours can stay over there. I'll stay over there. So my roommate wasn't there, and uh, I was like, well, okay, he's not here. Shut the light off, and I went to bed during study hours. The, the head of the education department comes in because he was looking for something. He flicks on the light. He's like, looks at me. I'm sleeping. I'm like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? He's like, Dan, do you not feel guilty? It's study hours. Straight-faced without missing a beat. I said, nope, and I went back to bed. He's like, well, you know you got to study, but you know what? Everything that I learned at Bible college, I took to heart. I made sure that whatever I did and whenever I learned... I took it not just for head knowledge, because I don't want to learn God just for head knowledge's sake. I want to learn God because my heart wants to know about who the creator of the universe is, who, who, my, who my dad is, who my king is. Because so many times we get into these, this mentality of going to bio, um, college or whatever, or even Bible studies, just for the head knowledge. Let me ask you, what does that prove? Has it changed your heart? Has it changed the way you're living? And that, for me, was more important than anything else. It would frustrate Ashley because she would study hard. Like, we would do book critiques. You want to tell how you would do them? Okay, great. She would, she would take the whole time, the week, to read the book. And she would read it cover to cover. She'd highlight everything. She would just give her and give the best book critique she could. I would read the front, the first chapter, the back of the book, write out something, and I would get a higher mark than her. 
every time. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm just giving them, I'm just giving them what they want. They want head knowledge. But deep down inside, a lot of those things that I would read and a lot of, I would go back to them because I'm a slow reader and re- I don't like reading necessarily. It just doesn't attract me. But I would really dig deep into it. And then Ash and I, we met also in Bible college, bridal college as it is. And I knew the first time I met her, I was like, boom, totally going to marry this girl. And she, was, she took it. She was like, yes, found my husband. I'm so excited. And you know what? We just kicked it off right then and there. And it was the most incredible, just, it was such a God moment. It was incredible. Hello? There you go. Um, so Dad and I are completely opposite in every way. And um, I grew up in a half-Christian home. I guess my mom was saved and my dad wasn't. And um, grade nine, I had gone to a youth retreat and um, decided in grade nine that I was going to go live in Faith Bible College for four years and get my Bachelor of Theology. And um, in grade 12, I did. I graduated and I went to school. And it was my goal that I was going to leave that place not married. My absolute goal. And I made it till the last semester. And I was so upset. Yeah, you were. <laughs> um, it was, I was like the poster child of living faith. Um, mm. Did everything right. Never bucked the system. <laughs> read all the books. Did all this stuff. And um, I discovered as we've been married that has um, served me very little. Because um, like Dan said, head knowledge really doesn't do a whole heck of a lot in the midst of hard things or um, challenges and trials. So, um, yeah, we did meet in Bible college. Um, I was in my third year when Dan was in his first. And two weeks after we met, he came and told me, and like, okay, so he was the worst person on campus to associate with. Um, and would go from, like, girl to girl and be like, hey. I was like, covering my bases, okay? You're super Somebody cool, had to say yes. Whatever. And I'm like, okay, there's nine girls on campus. We kind of all talk to each other. Um, so two weeks in, he comes to me and he's like, okay, so God told me we're supposed to get married. And I'm like, I don't know what God you're talking to, but it sure as heck isn't the right one. So I remember <laughs> going, going for a walk and bawling my eyes out because I was like, God, whatever you do, do not make me marry him. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I was just thinking about that. that. It was horrible. Oh, man, that was the worst time in school. Like, we got to a point where we weren't even talking to each other. It was, oh, man, it was rough. <laughs> and now we've been married for seven years yeah. almost. Yeah, seven of them. And we made a lot of people angry. We did, um, because I'm a... Rethinker. I don't even know what that means. I'm still trying to think that through. But there, I like to take what I've learned and I like to try to apply it. And if it's wrong, I like to be taught. If it's wrong, I'm okay. Correct me. I don't usually just shoot from the hip and hope that whatever I'm going to do is right. But if I'm right and I know I'm right, watch out. Mm-hmm. I will say it and I won't back down and it will be... I don't care who, you could have a doctorate, and 
So like Ashley said too, she did, she finished Bible college. She got her, uh, her BA, a bad attitude in theology. I mean, bachelor's of arts in theology. I did not finish school. Um, look at everybody judge me. They're like, look at this guy. <laughs> His wife's got more education than him. What a loser. Whoa, whoa, shots fired. Uh, the reason why I didn't is because I was asked not to come back. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, the reason why is I, I can't even see my GPA was low because it wasn't that low. But it was because of my um, lack attitude. of, what? Attitude. My attitude was poor. Because I would, I would challenge, like I said, authority. I would ask questions on that. I'd say, you know, is really what we're doing, is it okay for, why is it okay for you to do it, but it's not okay for me to do it? Well, you're a student. No, aren't we equal? It doesn't God, didn't God say that? So, just wondering. Well, I'm, I'm the teacher. Okay, but Jesus never loitered that over his students. He never loitered that over the disciples and said, I'm God, you need to just shut up and eat it. He said, I want to build a relationship with you. I want to wash your feet. I want to be with you. I want to know you more than anything. But it's like, God, you're God of the universe. God's about relationship. He's always has and he always will. Even in the Old Testament, he was about building relationship. That's why he, he said, okay, the covenant didn't work that time. Let's try again. Let's try. Let's keep going. And like I've said, he's the man with the plan. And he knew I'm going to send my son, Jesus Christ, to make a covenant that will never be broken. Why? Because I'm a God of relationship and not a God of do's and don'ts. I want to build a relationship with my people like we had in the garden. And so I ran with that. And not a lot of people like that. So, and that's okay. But, um, Went off, did youth ministry. By this time, Ashley and I, we started dating. She finally saw the light. <laughs> and she went off to uh, Joe's place in Moose Jaw. Um, yeah, the youth drop-in center. Um, or, sorry. We're recording this. Okay. Um, it's a youth center in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. And um, we worked with a lot of like at-risk teens and youth um, who have families that have been littered with drug addiction and alcohol addiction. And um, my first week there, we had one of our kids get into a car accident and, um, with his family members, and he died um, at 15 years old. So that was like my first introduction into this. And um, it was like a culture shock for me because I had grown up in the church and then gone to Bible college for four years, which is like a greenhouse where we're all like, being poured into all the time. Now I'm in the community and all these, like one of our kids' moms was a drug dealer to all of them. And I'm like, okay, God, like I don't know how to be useful with growing up in the church. Like what, what can I offer these kids when I don't know a thing about what they're going through? And um, it was there that God just said, you know what, but you know how to love people. And I was like, okay. So that's what these kids need is just somebody to love them and who's stable and is not in the midst of that addiction. So I was there for six months and um, then I moved back mm -hmm. to Alberta so that we could get married. Mm -hmm. That was the whole point. <laughs> we, uh, while she was off at Moose Jaw doing her um, intern, I was working as a youth pastor at Rocky Mountain House. 
don't know, does anyone know where Rocky Mountain House is? Hey, wow, right on. It's, if you don't know, 45-ish minutes outside of Red Deer, heading towards uh, Nordeg area. Um, yeah, I guess Nordeg, if anything, that's the closest area. Sorry? Yeah, yeah, where the ice fields are, you bet. Um, so anyways, I, I was working there as a youth pastor, and when, when, I, when I first showed up, God's got a funny way of placing Ashley and I. Um, the church was actually going through a church split. My, first, my very first board meeting was incredible, just loved it. Because I show up, I'm all excited, like Ashley said, you know, you, you grow up in a Christian home, you go through the Bible college, you go through everything like that. Everything's all roses and flowers, right? And then reality sets in. The one individual didn't tell somebody else, and during the board meeting, they just got up and left and walked right out the door, and I'm sitting there. I, and the first thing I blurt out was, so does this always happen at board meetings, or how does this work? And so I figured, well, you know, let's start trying to break the ice the best I can. Because I could really, you could, like, the tension was so thick, you could literally just cut it. But you know what? It was great. Because we got a lot of healing out of it. The church grew tremendously. It was incredible to see God work. We managed to, with a church of about 84 people, we managed to raise enough money to build a a youth drop-in center within the community like right from the ground up. And it was all, we didn't take out a loan or anything for it. We, we just said, you know what, this is what God wants to do. Let's do it. And we put our faith to the feet and walked it out. And still to this day, it's been reaching out to, well, I'd say thousands of kids because they do a, a youth, uh, they still do a youth conference that we do out there called Winterfest Rocky Mountain House. And what it is, it's a huge outreach that we do. Reaches to kids all the way out into Red Deer now. And uh, they just come and flock in to hear what it is God's doing and to hear and to see and to just even taste. It's incredible. But, um, yeah, so that's what Ash and I got doing when we were in Rocky. And she came back from Moose Jaw and was able to help us in areas that we were lacking in. And then uh, we got the call to come back to Cranbrook the first time. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, as a lot know, we, we served at the dwelling place for a while. Um, I was ordained as the associate pastor there. I am on record the youngest reverend in the FCA to ever be ordained as a reverend. I know, right? It was so funny. I got When I got my papers all back, it said Reverend Daniel Meldrum. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm not even 60 yet. Like, there's an age limit for this, isn't there? I can't. I wasn't even thirty yet. I'm like, I can't even do altar calls. You got to be at least thirty-one to do an altar call. And like, he proceeded to wear our drapes around the house with the um, curtain rod like a scepter. I sure did. Demanding that we all bow to him. And I call did. Him reverend. I sure did for the longest of time because we were hanging up new drapes, and I was like, oh, these are nice blue, royal blue drapes. Tied them on, and I went to the kids, kiss the scepter, boys. <laughs> they didn't know what was going on. Levi thought it was a sore, and he kept trying to attack me. I was like, don't attack the reverend. I'll take your name out of the book of life. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so that's how that all went down. But, uh, you know, and then God, we had, an, we had a vision. And this is where I want to really stress, walking in faith. Who knows that sometimes faith's the scariest thing ever? And why is that, folks? 
Because you don't know what's going on, and that's the way it seems God likes to keep it. Because if we did know what's going on, really would we do a lot of the things that we've done? And I've always asked myself that. So we got a call to go up to a little town in Alberta, uh, Thorsby, Alberta. We were, we were excited because we got to go back into youth ministry. We got to potentially start a youth center in there because it was starting, like the, the Rock Youth Drop-In Center that we started in Rocky was really, it was even starting to be noticed by the governments. Like it was incredible, like just to see how God brought it from where it's humble beginnings to where it is now was just, I couldn't imagine this. So anyways, the town said, you know what, we would really like for you to start something like that. Ashley and I prayed about it, and we prayed about it, and we prayed about it, and we prayed about it. And we said, sure, let's do this. So we uprooted the family, put the house up for rent, like I said earlier, and we proceeded to move off to Thorsby, Alberta, which is, again, 45 minutes outside of another city, city, which is 45 minutes outside of Edmonton. And I was driving in the oil patch. I was working uh, just ridiculous hours. Of course, it's the patch, and everybody says, oh, you made great money at it. Uh, I've quit many of jobs that were great pain because I didn't get a chance to see my family. And the first year of Isaac's life, I never, Isaac didn't really know me. So I missed a year of Isaac's life because I was so consumed with work. I was so consumed of what was going on in my life. Um, Another thing that happened is Ashley had a, had a miscarriage between Isaac and Levi. Um, it's still kind of a sensitive subject for both of us. Um, for me, I take it quite hard because I chose work rather than being with Ashley during the time that she needed me the most. And I kept saying, oh, this is how I heal. This is, you know, I just put your hand to the plow. Put your hand to the plow. But sometimes you got to deal with the crap that's coming down the pipe. You know? You can't just wish it away. You can't just say, God, take it away from me now. That would be awesome. Like, legit. If we could just say, God, take it away now. But can't we believe that God gives us the strength to go through it? I don't know. Is that too free thinking? I had to lead worship that week. I wanted to lead worship as much as I wanted a hole in the head. And the song that was picked for that, that my whole worship service was based around, was Blessed Be the Name, Blessed Be Your Name. One, that's the last thing I wanted to do. I didn't want to bless God. I wanted to just walk away and turn my back. Because I said, God, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And it says, you answer prayer. I drew circles around this. I did everything that the book told me to do. And nothing happened. We had a prophecy that Sunday that said, Ashley, I'm knitting it all back together so everything will be a-okay. She still lost the baby. And I said, God, what kind of crap is that? How dare you back away like that? And so then I said, you know what, fine, I'll lead, I'll lead praise and worship. 
I don't care, whatever, I'll just do this. During that time in worship, as we were singing that song, I said, God, you give and you take away, but my heart will choose to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Why did this happen? I don't know. But all I know is God is in control. He's the man with a plan. Do I need to put my trust in him? Absolutely. Isaac puts his trust in me when I say, don't stick your arm in the thing where the, where the video camera sticks. Well, why, Dad? Well, because now you know. Your arm will get stuck. Isaac, don't run over there. Why? Because there's something I know is going to But I want to. But, son, I know. God knows. We keep forgetting sometimes that God knows. There's something that I didn't know. Remember when I said, if we were to know everything that was going to happen, we would hightail it? I had to put my faith and my trust and know that God knows what's going on. Do I get to see my daughter again? Absolutely. Well, do I get to see her? I'll get to see her. She's getting the best parental care that she could ever get. She gets to be raised by the King of Kings. So can I really explain it? No, I can't. And you know what? That's okay. I've come to that peace in my heart that God is in control. And he showed that. when we, Like I said, when we moved up to Thorsby, everything just kind of... It fell apart in a, in a colossal way. It sure fell apart. As soon as we got there, it fell apart. And again, I said, God, what was the point of coming up here? What was the point? What was the point, Ash? <laughs> Please tell me. <laughs> um, as hard as it was, like Dan and I actually almost got divorced when we were there. Because um, it was like we were attacked from every angle possible. And... Um, I was the one who was like, no, I feel that God is leading us to Thorsby. And then it was like, oh, well, this is your fault, right? That's always what I got attacked with. And um, moving there, like looking back now, it's always hindsight. Um, It was super necessary. We needed to leave this place where we were safe, where we had a house, where we had a good job and all of those things to actually count the cost of what mattered and what um, God called us together and for our family and um, what we were missing out on because we were stuck in this place. Um, So we decided that we were coming back. Um, Dan's parents were gracious to us again Mm -hmm. and let us live there. Um, Now with two children, Mm -hmm. um, because it's a shorter season this time. And um, coming back actually, like we have lacked community for the last three years at least mm. and um, we decided we were going to try House of Hope and um, even just being here has renewed that sense of why mm-hmm. um, why that was important for us to leave we would never have left um, the church we were attending or you know the comfortable spaces that we were already in um, to be uncomfortable and to find a community um, we haven't come here long but I know I can say that um, our family feels at home mm-hmm. for the first time in a long time. So, mm-hmm. And it's been awesome just to see God work in our lives. Um, I actually want to go back into ministry. I'm really excited about that. For a while, I just said, you know what, I'm done with this. This is, it's baloney. But, <laughs> but really turned that is when we came back, we had a, Actually, two now. 
uh, one very close to my heart, uh, youth that came out to a, our drop-in centre in Rocky, still keeps in contact with me today, to this day, to the point that I've almost blocked his calls because he just keeps pestering me. And that's like, Derek, just stop. But he made a mistake. Pretty bad mistake. But you know what? Nothing, it, it can be forgiven, forgiven, right? He didn't know who to call. He didn't know who to turn to. And what, three in the morning? Three in the morning, he calls. Dan, I just did a ton of cocaine. I don't know what to do. And he was just strung right out. And I'm trying to wake up, figure, I'm like, who, who's, who's calling me? Who is this? And I can hear Ash talking to somebody. And he stayed on the phone with us from three in the morning till pretty much like seven and talked with us and talked with us and talked with us and said, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Do you think God will forgive me? Do you think that? And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not worry about that right now. Let's get you some help. And he listened to us. He went to the hospital. We stayed on the phone with him the whole time. And he stayed on with us. And as he was coming down, he phoned the next day. He said, you know, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that I know I can call and you guys are always there for me. And I said, that's awesome. You know, we made it. We told the kids, no matter what time of the day is, and this was, you know, when we were just getting into ministry, no matter what time of the day is, feel free, give us a call. It doesn't matter what time it is. I didn't know three o'clock. Oh, my goodness. Gives me a call. But you know what? Because of that, because we stayed on the phone with him, he said to Ash a little while ago, he said, you know, Ash, I think I'm going to start reading my Bible again. I'm going to start digging back into the Word of God. I'm going to start living the way that I was when we were in youth group. And he made this all on his own. Sure about Alana. Oh, um, one of our... Um, one of our girls that um, was fairly frequent, I'd say, mm-hmm. um, she kept coming. We did a big um, youth event about sex before marriage, and it was so awkward for all of those teenagers, <laughs> and it was so funny. It was awesome. <laughs> Um, so we had this big thing and we're talking to them about, you know, like why it's important and why God talks about it and all that kind of stuff. And she was always a little bit different. She was never the go with your flow kind of girl who, you know, would be peer pressured or anything like that. Um, we lost contact with her for a little bit and she just messaged me the other day and said, you know, I'm in, um, what's it called? Furry. Oh, yeah, Prairie Bible Institute, yeah. um, taking her um, Bachelor's of Youth Ministry. And I was like, oh, that's really awesome. Like, what, what is it that made you decide that? And she said that she was just so impacted by Dan and the other leaders at youth group that she knew that um, this was what God wanted for her. She had started out um, in nursing school, and she just felt that God was really hugging on her heart, saying, you know, like, you could be good here, but you could be better um, working for me. And so she is now in college full time mm-hmm. and going to be in youth ministry. And so just all these little things, right? Like we don't, we never saw fruit when we were there except for the drop-in center being built. And we actually left before the drop-in center was completed. And <laughs> we really felt, <laughs> right? Like we felt that we had taken things as far as mm-hmm. we could and that somebody else needed to yeah. pull that vision even farther. And so we didn't really get to see much fruit, but it's now that we're seeing um, mm-hmm. 
these kids come out of the woodwork. And remember that one time when you said that thing and it's like, I have nope. no idea. I said lots of things. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Um, but it impacted them. And it's so cool being in this season to be able to see um, hmm. just like the way we are and the way we live and that kind of thing and did life with those kids, how that actually makes mm -hmm. a difference down the road. And what's awesome about that is, you know, I always think about, okay, you're sharing your testimony. How is this going to change anything, I think? You're just sharing your story. Well, it says in uh, Revelation there, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So why would, why would John put that in his revelation of what Jesus showed him? Ash and I want to encourage everybody here that, you know what, you may not see the fruit now, and you may feel like you're going off the wall. God, why is this happening to me? Why is this going on? Why, 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 why? All these whys. You don't know what's happening to even the person sitting next to you. How you're living your life and doing what you do, even coming to church faithfully, is doing to the person beside you. God gave me a scripture when I was in Bible college, and I was going to share it last Sunday, but I was like, no, maybe I'll wait and I'll share it next Sunday when things are a little more, I don't know. I always try to wait for the right opportunity, but, you know, you get that nudge. And Anyways, I could tell it was God that gave it to me because I never would be like, hey, let's just open the Bible. Oh, that sounds nice. Um, it's, it's found in Matthew. It's Matthew 11, verse 29 and 30. It says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when we're in those times of, God, this is too much, this is too hard, this is too... When you think about the yoke, oxes would usually travel in pairs. God's walking beside us. He's taking the load. He's taking the burden. He's saying, here, let's trade. You will find rest. You will find peace. We can do this together. Being a Christian and following after God, it's not a one-man or woman sport. It really is not. You need all the help you can get. And Christ is offering up the most help he can give. And it's our job to reach out and grab it. And Ash and I, we're here. We're excited. Mm -hmm. We want to put our hands to the plow. Um, even, you know, it doesn't matter what. We, are, we were telling Jeff and Dee earlier when we first met them, we said, well, I've known them for a while when Ash first met them, we said, just so you know, when we come to a church, we're not that, oh yeah, this is great. We're, we're in it to win it. It's either all of us or none of us. We're not, because we know what it's like to have, well, yeah, I think I can, can make it this day. Well, something came up. I can't do it. My cat died. So I had to bury him in a shoebox. You know what? Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. Move on. Come out to church. It's exciting. There's always something new. You don't know what's going to happen. Don't give excuses. We're in it to win it. Right, folks? We're in it to win it. Let's run the race. So this is who we are. This is our story, and we're sticking to it. Um, yeah, and if you ever want to chat, you know, Ash and I, we're more than willing to talk. We love to. Well, I do. I like to listen. He likes to talk. Ash likes to listen. So...
thank you so much. And yeah. That's great. I haven't laughed so much in a sermon for a while. So, and she does like to talk. We had them over a couple weeks ago, and she, she did most of the talking. You did. You did. I said to Deanne, I said, for somebody who doesn't talk, she's great. That's good. <laughs> no, that's good. Thanks, you guys. That's awesome. I just love hearing fruit of, you know, of years, not even years, long years. I mean, you guys have only been out of 10 years, seven years together. You know, so this is great. I love the testimonies of that. I had, um, we have those ourselves, so it's always good. So, all right. Did you guys enjoy that? It's good hearing from perspective. It's great. All right. I'm trying to think of, I think there's something else we need to do, but I'm not sure what it is. Can you guys smell lunch yet? Okay, that's what we need to do. I don't smell it, so I was like, hmm, but if you smell it, it's there. So let's stand, and uh, we're just going to pray, and oops, I'm out of the, <laughs> stop walking, I'm like deking out the cameraman. Father, we just thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you have created us to be ourselves, and that we are not to be conformed to what others think we are but we are called to be who you have created us to be. And, Father, we are in an atmosphere, in this place, in this house, in this culture. You have set up this culture that every person in this room can be themselves and without being judged. And, Lord, we release that again. We just say that you are welcome to be who you are. And if you do get judged, you get to correct us. And you get to be free to say, this is who I am. And we get to say, yes. So, Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for this amazing Thanksgiving weekend where we can just kind of affix our hearts to be thankful. And we can say, wow, for everything that you've done in our lives, thank you. And so, Father, we bless your name this morning. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.